Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. A blessing, a blessing. Amen. All right now, yes, let's turn to our Bibles. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Great to see people in the house of God this morning. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be reading um, one verse of Scripture. You know, I picked up a story uh, when I was studying for this uh, uh, sermon. And it's about a head coach who was, uh, who was coaching a college in America, coaching a college American football team. And he was coaching the team. He was married. Um, and as he was coaching the team, he started to get more successful. And then he began to coach or he was promoted to coach a team in the NFL, the National Football League, the NFL if anybody knows anything about the NFL in America, it is huge. You make it to the NFL, you have made it. Um, so he makes it to coach that. Uh, and upon making it to coach in the NFL, the first thing he does was divorce his wife. <laughs> so he makes it into the NFL. He's coaching in the big leagues. Uh, he's been married for 26 years, has two sons, and says, right, I don't need you anymore. His thing was, he says his goal was to coach the National Football League. As a coach of a smaller team, I needed my wife because I wanted the families to see I'm a nice man. They can trust me with their children. But now I've made it to the NFL. I don't need you anymore because I have priorities in life. He says my priorities are winning a National Football League and my children are second. He said, I have priorities in life. The number one was football. The second was his children. How many know that's tragic in this place? That is in complete contrast to a man named Tom Landry. He was a former coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Again, a famous NFL team. He said these words. He says, the thrill of knowing Jesus is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. He says, I think God has put in me a very special place and he expects me to use it to his glory in everything I do. He says, whether coaching football or or talking to the press, he says, I'm always a Christian. He says, I have a list of priorities. Christ first, family second, and then football third. How many of that's a wise saying when you're able to look at things and you're able to put things in priority? Can you say amen in this place? See, priorities in life is how we regard things that are more important than others. Some things in life are more important than others. Listen, for example, I have in my house a few things that I like. You know, there's, there's a, I like technology. There's a bit of technology in my house. I have an iPad. I like my iPad. Listen, if my house was burning down, the first thing I get is my iPad. How many of you know there's a problem there? Can you say amen? My wife and children in there screaming. I'm saying, wait, let me get my iPad first. Then I'll come and get you guys. How many of this is a problem? Because the priority sets something in order. It says this is more important. Yes, I'll have this, but this is more important. Listen, when I get paid, I need to make sure I pay my tithe first. Come on now. I need to make sure I pay my rent first before I start thinking about how many time, many trainers do I need to buy. Some people in this day and age, they don't understand that when it comes to priority with money. Listen, there are things that take precedence over other things. There are things that need to be done before other things. And this sermon was inspired um, when I look back in my life. 
Um, and the scripture we're going to read is one of my, you know, I've read it many times in this church. Uh, um, and it's one of those scriptures that you don't even have to look at the Bible to read. Can you say amen in this place? Uh, but I'm inspired when I look back in my life. As I left my parents' house when I was a young boy, 18 years of age, leaving home for the first time. And as I look back, uh, I remember, listen, moving out of all that I knew. It's going to be a new territory for me. I was becoming an adult, having to fend for myself. And my parents had to do something. They had to equip me. They had to equip me for the journey of life. I was going to university. I was going to go see certain things, be involved in different, different things. And they said to me, son, you're going to be seeing things, but you need to have something that is going to equip you to go through life. And a word to parents here. Listen, if you have children here, as they grow up, we need to equip them to face this world that we're living in, even so much more in this day and age. Because unfortunately, they're going to see things at a young age going to be experiencing things at a young age and we as parents need to equip them. Can you say amen in this place? So my parents equipped me. They said you're going to be involved in a lot but make sure you keep the first things first. I want to preach a sermon I've entitled First Things First. And Some of you may have guessed the scripture already out of Matthew 6, but it comes from Matthew 6, um, verse number 33. It's one of those you don't even have to remember to read. So I look down to read. You can remember it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Um, and what? Come on now. These are one of those. This is the scripture that my mother wrote in my Bible as she sent me off to university. My parents, my mom, and my dad uh, it said, Seek first the kingdom of God. Uh, and his righteousness, and all these things that shall be added unto you. Now, this scripture shouldn't be new to many of you sitting under the sound of my voice right now, but it is so relevant in this day and age. As we go through, and there's so many things that can take our attention, there's so many things we can give our life to, we can give our energy to, we can give our money to, there's so many things we can do. This scripture becomes so relevant for us because it says, and listen, those things, yes, need to be done, fine, but there's something that you need to do first. There's something that needs to have your priority when you wake up in the morning. Can you say amen? There's something that needs to have your priority when you're thinking, okay, where do I go for work? Where do I go to study? We need to understand those things are important, but the kingdom needs to be sought first. Can you say amen? Because this world has things upside down. Because sometimes it'd be like, you know, some people come up to church uh, as if they're doing God a favor. God, I'll show up. I'll show up this month. You know, I'm not going to take a shift this month. Uh, I'm not going to do this this week. And then I'll show up to church uh, and then I'll come back maybe two months later. As if God is, is oh, thank you for coming to church. <laughs> thank you for coming to my house. As if we're doing him some sort of favor. No, we need to seek God. The psalmist said, early will I seek you. The psalmist said, my soul longs after you. My flesh needs you. We need to seek God first. And I want to look at a story here in 1 Kings chapter 17. Again, a familiar portion of scripture. I'm going to read it out, verse number 8 to verse number 13. The Bible says, Then a word of the Lord came to him, this is the man of God, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and he came to the gate of the city. Indeed, a widow was gathering sticks. 
And he called her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I might drink. And as she was going to get it, he called called her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I might go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you said, but make me a small cake from it when? First, and bring it to me, and afterward make me some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day uh, the Lord sends rain on the earth. Now, if you don't know this story, it is recorded now for all to see that the flat the fact that the flour did not actually run out and the oil did not run dry. Just think with me a second of what would have happened if she did not consider the man of God first. Just think with me what would have happened to her and her family, the destiny, if she said, listen, I just told you I've not got enough for you. I've told you I'm going to make this for me and my son and we're about to die. I can't give you nothing first. If she said, no, I'm not going to give you first, well, indeed, she would have died. She would have eaten that last meal and died. But she says, no, I perceive you are a man of God and God has spoken to provide for you. So I'm going to consider you first. And as she did that, we know a miracle uh, uh, transpired after that. She was able to continue living. They was able to continue living because she was able to consider God first. And the thing that's funny about this story is, if she did not consider God first, Would the man of God, Elijah, would he have starved to death? No. The blessing would have come through somebody else. The provision would have come through somebody else. So when God is saying, listen, seek the kingdom of God first, he's doing that not because he is egotistical and he just needs people around him. No, he wants to bless his people. Can you say amen in this place? He wants to provide for his people in this place. He wants to show people revelation. So as we seek God, there we see the blessings in his house. We are blessed because we come into his house. It is not for, uh, for him, it is for us. She was blessed because she would consider that first. And if she did not, the blessing would have come through somebody else. So what has God given you? And where does God sit in your priority list? If you had a list of things you had to do today, or things you have to do during the week, where does God sit in your priority list? Now, Sunday is a, is a good day. It's a blessed day. People come to church. And what about Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through to Sunday again. Where does God sit on your priority list? If God came knocking, asking you for a cake first, what would you say? If God says, listen, I know you've got financial problems, but there's an offering, there's a need. What would you say? If he said, give to me first, how would you react? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. You know, it's funny in Matthew chapter 6. In the same chapter, we see uh, Jesus teaches his people uh, how to pray. He gives us the structure, the framework uh, in which we should pray. And there is a pattern. um, And he says, uh, uh, you know, this is the Lord's Prayer. We know we can recite the Lord's Prayer and so on. But if you look at the pattern, if you look uh, at how he begins, he starts here saying, 
our Father. He begins by addressing God using the proper terminology, our Father. He doesn't say our boss. He doesn't say our judge. He says our Father. He addresses God. Can you say amen? He uses the correct terminology. And we should pause right there to say, listen, that's how we should address God. He is our heavenly Father. And sometimes we don't understand that maybe because our earthly Father messed up and did us wrong. So we don't have the concept of a who or what a father should be. But he is our heavenly father. And as we address him, we address our relationship to him. Our father. He continues on by worshipping God. He says, our father, hallowed be your name. In other words, your name is worthy to be praised. Your name is separate. Your name is above every other name. He is worshipping God. He's saying, listen, you're my father and I worship you. And after this, he then begins his petitions. He's asking God his requests. And there's a whole list of requests. You know, I'll give us our daily bread, forgive us our sins. A whole list of requests. But do you remember how he begins his petitions? The first thing he says was, thy kingdom come. The first thing Jesus wanted was the kingdom of God. The first thing Jesus said we should seek as we pray is the kingdom of God. And we need to understand there is priorities as we pray. There's priorities as we serve. And it should be the kingdom because the kingdom is important. Now we've mentioned the kingdom of God. But you see, a kingdom is built up with many different components. I'll look at those briefly with you today. A kingdom A kingdom is a reign and an authority of a king. Can you say amen in this place? It is a king over his territory. And every kingdom has these components. We're going to have a look through what a kingdom has. The first thing a kingdom has is a king, obviously. It's in the name. First thing it has is a king. And this is the one who has absolute rule. There is no democracy with a king. Listen, you don't vote the king in and you don't vote him out. Can you say amen in this place? And we know the king of kings. Listen, nobody can say, God, okay, you're going to be God for the next four years. And after that, we're going to have some votes and see if there's another God. No, the king is absolute. There is no other king. And we're not just talking about any king. We're talking about the creator of the universe. So when we say the kingdom of God, we're talking about the highest in rank and the highest in authority. Listen, we don't want to settle by serving the kings of this world. Can you say amen in this place? They are subsidiary. They are secondary. We want to stand up and serve the king of kings. But the problem is many people rise up and put up other kings in their life and they start to serve other kings. Listen, that boyfriend or girlfriend can tell you what to do and you do it and you serve them as if they're a king. Listen, the boss at work tells you to work eight days a week, 25 hours a day and you say, yes, I'll do that because you're treating them as a king. Listen, the addiction to whatever it is, to whatever vice is saying, I don't want to do that but that's something that you do. You're treating it as a king. We should not serve the kings of the world. We should serve the one true king, the king of kings in this place and this is his kingdom and we need to serve him as he is. Can you say amen in this place? Every kingdom has a king. Every kingdom also has laws. Can you say amen in this place? When Jesus said seek first the kingdom of God, he's saying you should seek to abide by the laws of the king. You should seek to abide by the laws of that kingdom. 
And when we say laws, rules, sometimes we can get the connotation of, oh, you're just trying to restrict my fun. That means I can't do this, I can't do that. Does that mean I can't have this, I can't have that? You know, sometimes, I, you know, when I'm witnessing, I'm speaking to people in the streets and I'm telling them about the love of Jesus Christ and what he can do and, and, and how he saved our souls by dying on the cross. I give him the whole gospel. Sometimes people say, I don't want to become a Christian because it means I can't do this and I can't do that. They're just focused on this, this rule book. I can't do this, I can't do that. As if uh, uh, it means that we're trying to restrict. How many know, listen, laws and rules um, are for our safety. Come on, can you say amen in this place? Um, Listen, in my house, um, there is some rules. In my house, I try and run my house like a kingdom. Amen. There's six of us in there. Amen. Uh, So there has to be some order. I try and run it like a, a domain. And in my house, there's a few rules, there's a few ground rules, there's a few laws uh, that go on in my house. And, and listen, you, you know, it's there for the safety of my children. Can you say amen? I tell my kids, listen, if you've got scissors, don't run with scissors. Not because I want to spoil the fun, the games you're having. Not because I want to spoil and say, don't. No, because if you trip, the scissor can go in you and that's it. And I have to go to the emergency room. We have to, come on now. Don't run with scissors. Listen, if something falls on the floor and it's all dirty and stuff, it's probably good that you shouldn't eat it. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, even though it looks good and it smells nice, it is, you probably shouldn't eat that because it's all dirty. We shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. There's rules in my house. There's rules in my house. Don't play with fire. Come on. Play with fire, you get burnt. I'm putting these rules, these ground rules in because I'm trying to protect. And those are, you know, there's a fun rules. But I also have rules that may think I'm a bit of a, uh, of a, a control figure. Listen, you can't just come in my house and watch anything. Not going to happen. Why? Because I want to protect these children. Because when you see things, you can't unsee things. When you see certain things, on, listen, I don't have a TV in my living room. Come on now. You'll be like, what? Yeah, I don't have a TV. Because when you see things, you can't unsee certain things. So in my house, uh, listen, I know your friends have watched this and they've gone to this and they watched this horror movie. Not in my house. Because I love you. <laughs> I want to protect you. I want to see you make it and be a strong, upstanding citizen, a servant of the Most High God. Can you say amen? So in order to do that, I have to protect you from certain things. There has to be some ground rules in my house, not because I want to spoil people's fun, but because they're there to save our lives. I thank God that as I drive my car, there is some rules that we all have to abide by. I thank God because otherwise people just do what they want. Now, I remember traveling uh, to a certain West African country. <laughs> hey, I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know what the joke is. <laughs> I'm just saying, I travel to a. There's, there's many countries I could be talking about. There's many in the whole western side of Africa. <laughs> I remember traveling to this West African country, and <laughs> I one of the things that will never leave me is the fact that I didn't see somebody die on the streets there because the way that they drive, <laughs> anything goes. If you want to drive and do a U-turn right here, just do it. <laughs> if you want to drive on one of those motorbikes I'm not <laughs> and you want to carry your whole family on there, just do it. <laughs> If you want to go on the motorway, right, on these big lorries, but those lorries only have like three seats in the back, 
But you want to stand on the top on the lorry and you want to just get it? Go ahead and do it. No problem. I'm thinking, dear God, <laughs> please. I was praying for people. I was, I was like, God, please. I don't want to see no one die. I thank God when I'm here, I'm driving my car. We have certain rules. Can you say them in this place? For my safety, so I can get from A to B and live to tell another story. Come on now. Rules are there for our safeguarding. Come on now. If that was you and you did that, listen, please. Abide by the rules of the Lord. <laughs> Come on. In this day and age, we see, we see laws uh, there for our safety. Now I have to put as a, as a side note as well. In this day and age, we also see, because of the way we're living up, we also see some laws that they're trying to make are a bit funky. The laws they're trying to make are, are a bit weird nowadays. They're trying to force us to do certain things and it, all in the, in the guise of uh, equality. You know, they're using that word, we need to be tolerant and all this stuff. And they're trying to indoctrinate children. They're trying to indoctrinate... All this nonsense. So, listen, don't get me wrong. There's, there are some laws uh, which are a bit weird, but they're coming from the kings of this world. Uh, but the king of kings, his law, his laws are there to protect us, uh, are there to nurture us, are there to guide us, uh, are there to make sure that when we step across into eternity, uh, we can step and see his glory, uh, and we can stand and see, uh, walk on the streets of gold. Uh, we don't miss that. So those laws are make, are make sure we can enter into heaven because there's going to come a time where we all perish, we all die, the Bible says. It's appointed for man to die once and after this comes the judgment. He wants to make sure that he is, we, are, we, we are there with him. And he puts these laws there. Look at Psalms 112, verse number 1 to 3. It says, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. It says, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments or his laws. A kingdom has a king, a kingdom has laws, but a kingdom also has an economy. A kingdom has an economy. And an economy is to do with the wealth and resources. Now, this one's a big one because if we read our text, the whole reason Jesus made this statement, seek first the kingdom of God, was he was talking, to, talking about resource. If we look at verse number 31 of our text, the Bible says, or Jesus says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we where? This is to do with resources, which is to do with the economy. And Jesus is saying, don't worry about that because the kingdom of God comes with his own economy. Can you say that in this place? And I thank God for that because the people that are running our economy don't know what they're doing. And listen, it costs about £5 to get a little jar of milk these days. Come on now. Listen, I want to get some cereal. I have to, I have to take out a loan to, take out, to get food for my family. Listen, they don't understand what's going on. But thank God I don't have to worry about that because I know know that the economy that I sit in is over and above this in economy of the UK. Can you say amen in this place? We have to understand it comes with an economy. It comes with that. In the same chapter, in verse number 24, the Bible says, no one can serve two masters. For either will hate one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So who is sitting on the throne of your life? Is it the king or the pound? God is saying you can't serve both of those. God is saying you can't give your allegiance to both of those. Who do you wake up for? 
the king or the pound. I find it interesting, you know, in our fellowship we have morning prayer. And also, sorry, as a pause, I forgot to mention, I'm re-announcing, just in case people forgot, morning prayer in the building. We have it here in the building every morning, Monday to Friday, uh, from 6 in the morning till 8. Amen. God bless you. Times are changes. We want to make it serious now. From 6 in the morning till 8, you can come at any time in that time. That's just a side note. But the reason I say that is because I find it interesting. In in the churches I've been in and the people we speak to, people say morning prayer is an issue. Getting up is an issue. I can't get up that early to pray. What, just to pray? Give the man a job though and say, listen, come 5 o'clock in the morning. They'll be up 4. Why? Because you're paying me. You're giving me the pound, cities, naira. Come on, you're giving me that stuff. You're giving me whatever dollars, whatever it is, whatever currency you have. Listen, if people offer you currency, you'll get up out of your bed. I know I'm talking to somebody. Come on, come on. I know I'm talking to somebody. People offer you money, you'll get up out of your bed. People say, pray, let's pray. We've got a morning prayer meeting, six o'clock in the morning. You're like, oh. Because we have to understand, wait, who do we serve here? Because service is to do with what you do. Service is to do with how you act, how you conduct yourself. So the pound can tell you, get up at five o'clock, you get up. God tells you, get up at five o'clock, you get up. You know what, God? Hey, you know, I'm tired. You know, my flesh is weak. Come on. Come on, you know. And that's all to do with who sits on the throne of our heart. Listen, I understand. I know getting up in the morning is tough, especially in the winter time. Come on, getting up in the morning. When I got married, getting up in the morning was doubly tough. It just, it just, just shaking those, those duvets off is harder. But I have to understand, listen, I want to enter into the presence of the King of Kings. I want to enter into a secret place. I want to enter into a time. I'm going to get up before I do anything else for anyone else. I need to stand before my God. Can you say amen in this place? I need to build my relationship with my Savior because he's done so much much for me. Surely I can get up a little five minutes early. Can you say amen in this place? Surely I can rise up early and seek his face. Surely before I go and make money, I can build my relationship with God. Can you say amen in this place? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Look at your routine in life over the last seven days. What's been first? What's been your priority? When you wake up, what's the first thing you do? Who's the first person you speak to? What's the first thing that comes through your mind? Just have a, have a, have a just analyze yourself. Analyze and see who am I or what am I prioritizing in my life? I want to look third with you as I close is the reason. You know, what's the reason? Why do we need to seek first the kingdom of God? You know, the whole thing about all things will be added to you, as Jesus said, you know, that's a byproduct. That's a bonus. That's not the reason we do it. That's just a byproduct. The reason we seek God first and we need to put God first is simply because he put us first. John, 1 John 4, 19, the Bible says that we love him. Because he first loved us. Listen, we didn't ask to be born. We didn't ask to be created. God, in all his infinite wisdom and power, created us and loved us first before we loved him. Romans 5 verse 8, Bible says, But God demonstrated his own love towards us 
in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I love that scripture. Whilst we were still doing all the nonsense we were doing, while we were still bound up in all the mess in our life, Jesus came down and said, I'm going to love you. Even though you're all in this mess, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to put you first. He made the first move. Christ made the first move in the relationship. Christ said, I'm going to go through all other gods and all other works of men. They require you to do something first. They require you to call on your knees, you to sacrifice this, you to do this first. But Christ made the first move. Christ was the one that stepped out. Christ said, you're on your way to hell, but I'm here to change that so you can navigate yourself and you can spend eternity with me. So we need to seek first the kingdom of God and put God first in our life because he put us first in his life. He's the one that put us first in his priority list. We need to make the kingdom and all his, prior, all his components priority so that we can be all that God wants us to be. Can you say amen in this place, sir? And this is relevant because as we get older, we only get more responsibilities. You know, when I was young and single, it's just like, uh, just whatever, whatever, whatever goes, whatever goes. But now I'm getting older, a uh, beautiful wife, four children. The responsibilities are, are huge. And we need to remember, we need to understand, yes, although my responsibilities are enlarged, I have more things that I'm doing now, more things that I'm in control, more things that I have to focus on. I need to remember. In fact, the more that you get, you need to remember that Christ needs to be first. His kingdom needs to be first. And if you have that first, then everything else that you are responsible for, involved in, will be blessed because you have the priorities right. Can you say amen in this place? We need to make sure, not just on Sundays, we need to make sure that our whole life represents a priority, that God is first. Listen, if, whatever happens, we need to say God is first in this life because persecution is coming where the world is going to test your priority. The world is going to test your priority. Right now in this country, you know, we're quite, we're quite free. Uh, we're, we're quite, uh, you know, we're, we're able to do what we're able to preach. We're able to go on the streets and preach. But unfortunately, there's going to come a time where they're going to try and restrict that. And people's priorities will be tested. When they start saying, listen... If you want to keep your job, you can't wear that cross. You want to keep your dress, you can't speak about Jesus. You want to keep your job, you can't do this, you can't do that. Well, your priorities will be tested. Who do you trust in? Because if you trust in your boss at work or this or something, then you would do what they say. But if you say, oh, okay, if I can't do that, I'm gone. Because you know that God is going to provide for you then you'll stand up strong in a time of persecution. But if your priorities are a bit jaded, a bit uh, skewed, when persecution comes, that will sift out the, the men from the boys, the women from the girls. It will sift them out. And then you'll start to see the true colors. You know, Jesus says, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? 
Will I find people still holding me as priority in their life? You know that day when Jesus Christ returns? I believe that he will need no introduction. Everyone will know exactly who he is. When they look into his eyes, they see the eyes of, of, of the flames of fire in his eyes. Everybody will know who he is. That's why when the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And it's talking about that day. You could have the, the, the most atheist of atheist person walking down the street. But when Jesus steps foot on this earth, he knows exactly who that is. I had a song uh, where the lyrics I said... Um, that on the day when Christ comes, I believe we're going to say the same thing. I'm going to say, oh my Lord. Others are going to say, oh my Lord. Because they're going to know. And what's going to come into play is their priority list. Because when all said and done, I, live my, I gave my life for this. I gave my, my, my talents to this. I give everything to this. And now it doesn't mean anything. All the, can you imagine? All the things we give our life to. If, it, if it's not the kingdom of God first, it means nothing. It's not going to stand the test of time. So church, I want us to be encouraged. Because I think we're, we are really heading towards a time... Where, where the Spirit of God is going to be poured out. And we need to have our priorities right. If things are taking you away from the kingdom of God, they need to be cut off. If people are taking you away from the kingdom of God, they need to be cut off. Because our priorities need to be first things first. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Let's give him praise in this place this morning. Father, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. Sir. Oh, Lord God, we thank you. God, we give you all the honor, all the praise, God, simply because you are worthy. Father, we thank you. All that you are, God, we prioritize you. If you're here under the sound of my voice, and maybe you've had some other priorities, you're here under the sound of my voice and there's been some other things that have taken, your, taken the place of God. Other commitments. And maybe they're not even evil. Maybe they're not even wrong. Just, just things have taken precedence over the kingdom of God. And your devotion lies elsewhere. I want to call on you today. No one's looking. All our heads are bowed. All our eyes are closed. I want to speak to you today. And say today's the day we need to reorganize our priority list. And say God, I'm going to seek first the kingdom. God, I'm going to put you first in my life. God, I'm going to ensure that you are the king of my throne, in, in, the, in the throne of my heart. And nothing else can take your place. 
So if you're under the sound of my voice and perhaps you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you've heard of him maybe, perhaps, but you have not accepted him as your Lord and Saviour. You've not been born again. The Bible says you must be born again to enter into heaven. You've not repented of your sins. You've not allowed Jesus Christ to wash you, make you brand new. Then this call, this first call is for you. You want to accept Jesus Christ in this place. You want to become brand new in this place. Uh, listen, all I want you to do as a sign to me is raise your hand uh, as a sign. I count it a privilege to pray with you personally in this place. Uh, listen, you're not sure that heaven will be your home. Uh, listen, we all know we're all going to die one day. Uh, but uh, you're not sure that heaven will be your home because of the way that you're living. Uh, you don't have that assurance. Uh, but you want it. You want Jesus Christ to come and give you a brand new start. Put that hand up. Put it up in this place. Put it up. You want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Say, Lord, here I am. I want to prioritize you. I surrender my life to you. That's you in this place. Put it up. Put that hand up if that's you. You want Jesus Christ to come, wash you, make you brand new in this place. Maybe you're in this place uh, and you, uh, you, know, you used to know Christ, uh, but uh, along the way, things have pulled you away, have been uh, distracted, and now you're living for the world. Uh, he has slipped down your priority list. Uh, listen, you want to come back and rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. If that's you, put your hand up. Put the hand up in this place. You want to say, Jesus Christ, uh, I need you again. Lord God, uh, I want you in this place. Uh, put the hand up if that's you. You want Jesus Christ to come. Uh, come again. You want to rededicate your life to Christ. Uh, Father, thank you, Lord Jesus. God, we bless your name. Father, we thank you for all that you are. Speaking to Christians in this place. Listen, we need to remember. We need to remember, God, you are first in my life. You are above in my life. Just like that that Christian coach, he said, Christ first, family second, football third. We should have a priority list like that. Jesus Christ, you are first. Family, okay, you're second. My job, you're third. There should be a priority list. And it shouldn't be distracted or it shouldn't be swapped. Because when Jesus Christ comes back and steps foot on the Mount of Olives, he should find faith on this earth. Will he find faith on this earth? Will he find people who are still crying out to him day after day? Will he find people who still want to surrender to his will? Will he find people who still want to obey his laws? Will he find people who still want to dive into his word? Or are we too busy with life? To read, to pray, to fellowship. Are we too busy to give him quality time? Church, we need to reorganize and ensure that our the main thing continues to be the main thing. We need to ensure that first things will indeed always be first. And we need to continue to seek the kingdom of God. Listen, we want to spend time of prayer right now. Ask God. Ask God to help you to ensure that you reorganize your life and make sure he is first in every decision, in every choice. Listen, these altars are open. If you don't come find a place to pray, make some decisions in this place. Let's come. Let's find a place to pray. Let's come out of our seats. Let's pray at this altar to say, God, I give 
give you everything. Before every decision, I put you first. Before every choice, I'm going to inquire of you. I'm going to see and make sure that you are first in my life, that you have priority over everything. I'm going to ensure that I surrender to you. Let's pray in this place. Come, let's find a place to pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. God, we honor you alone. Oh, Father God, we thank you for all that you are, Lord God. We bless your name. God, we're asking God to help us. Give us the strength, Father God, to continue, God, to prioritize, God. And as we do, God, bring an abundance, God. As we do, bring a blessing, God. As we do, Father God, oh, Lord, let all things be added to us, God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, oh, Father, we're sorry for the things we have made it, God, when it's all about you, Lord God.